Hi, and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sells, This Week in Wall Street History. I'm your host, Todd Schoenberger. The date is Thursday, February 24th, 1994, when one of Wall Street's most historically recognized and notable hedge funds, long-term capital management, executes its very first trade for what many feel on Wall Street is a firm destined for success. Long-term capital was founded by John Merriweather, the famed Solomon Brothers bond trader who was prominently featured in Michael Lewis's New York Times best-selling book, Liar's Poker. Merriweather assembled an all-star team of traders and academics in an attempt to create a fund that would profit from the combination of the academics' quantitative models and the traders' market judgment and execution capabilities. Also joining the firm were Nobel Prize-winning economists Myron Scholes and Robert Merton, as well as David Mullins, a former vice chairman of the Federal Reserve Board who had quit his job to become a partner at long-term capital management. Sophisticated investors, approximately 80 of them, who put up a minimum of $10 million each, including many large investment banks, flocked to the fund, investing a total of $1.3 billion to be deployed on its first trading day. The main strategy of the fund was to make convergence trades. These trades involved finding securities that were mispriced relative to one another, taking long positions in the cheap ones and short positions in the rich ones. On the majority of all of their positions, long-term capital was known to use excess leverage some 25 times, which even in today's Wall Street investment world, the 25 to 1 ratio would be considered remarkably risky. Over the next two years, the firm posted returns running close to 40% annually. However, in 1997, assets in the fund reached $7 billion, but the fund only managed a 27% return, which was about equal to the S&P 500. To help offset a client exodus, John Merriweather returns about $2.7 billion of the fund's capital back to investors at this time. In an effort to return to its outperformance abilities, long-term capital management adds additional leverage, and by early 1998, the portfolio reached its peak and was in control of well over $100 billion, despite its total assets amounting to some $4 billion. In addition, its swaps position, the vehicle used to create the leverage, is valued at some $1.25 trillion, which is equal to 5% of the entire global market. Long-term capital management had become a major supplier of index volatility to investment banks, was active in mortgage-backed securities, and was dabbling in emerging markets such as Russia. But by August of 1998, everything came crashing down. Russia devalued the ruble and declared a moratorium on 281 billion rubles, which is roughly $13.5 billion of its own treasury debt. The result is a massive flight to quality, with investors flooding out of any remotely risky market and into safe haven investments. Ultimately, this results in a liquidity crisis of enormous proportions, dealing a severe and fatal blow to long-term capital management's portfolio. Here's a news report from CNBC's Bill Griffith. 
Everybody's talking about this rescue of this uh, hedge fund called Long-Term Capital Management. Uh, as many banks and brokerage houses come together to provide $3.6 billion of capital to rescue this thing. Now on Capitol Hill, they want to talk about it. They're talking about it on Wall Street. Individual investors want to know, what does this mean to me? Joining us to talk about it is Charles Gradante. He's the chief investment strategist at the Hennessy Hedge Fund Advisory Group. He joins us today from New York City. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Oh, it's nice to be here, Bill. Given the size of, of this, uh, the exposure, the, the, the leverage involved and the size of their exposure, what would have happened? Have you been able to figure that out yet? If they had allowed LTCM to go under, what would have happened to the financial markets? Well, it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, to f make a statement about that. I mean, the, the, the creditors right now are trying to figure out what their risks really are. But it's safe to say there would have been a systemic shock of some sort because whenever you do a dumping of portfolios to, to meet margin calls, uh, there is a rippling effect on the bid side of trades and um, that is not very good for the marketplace. So right now, you know, the, the credit is kind of tight going into long-term capital's uh, right. situation, and it would have tightened uh, even further. To avoid the threat of a systemic crisis in the world financial system, the Federal Reserve orchestrated a $3.5 billion rescue package from leading U.S. investment and commercial banks. In exchange, the participants received 90% of long-term capital management's equity, thus forcing the shutdown of the firm. Thank you for listening to Buy, Hold, Sells this week in Wall Street history. Be sure to check out our other Buy, Hold, Sell episodes, including our newest program about the business of sports gambling named Double Down with Breslow on the Evergreen Podcast Network. For Crosscheck Media, I'm Todd Schoenberger. Take care. Buy, Hold, Sell brought to you by Crosscheck Management. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.